Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. It always makes me sound like we're in a country bar when that little tune plays. Country Western. Got a lot of good stuff going today. Really? Yes, we do. Says I. You're very judgmental. You've uh, decided. Yes. It's it's, uh, the gift you got from the creator. The ability to judge things. Oh, now you're the creator. Huh? No, no, no. You get it from the creator, whoever you think the creator is. Oh, I see. The ability to judge the creator, and therefore you can judge everything. Well, I could be. Um, uh, The thing that's going on today with the hurricane was a few things, but uh, you knew this had to be the next step. How many people died? Well, in just the last hour or two, we have the first two confirmed deaths from Hurricane Ian. And yes, John, they are in Sarasota County. You might have guessed that since it was a big impact area. Uh, We have a a fire official named Claudine Buzzo uh, who said uh, this is going to be a long process because the search teams have to go grid by grid, one house at a time. But Sarasota is the first county to confirm fatalities stemming from the hurricane now you may have heard the story this morning which got a little uh well a sheriff went a sheriff from one of the florida counties went on good morning america he's got quite a name carmine marcino said marcino said anyway he said we got fatalities in the hundreds he's the sheriff of lee county so florida governor ron DeSantis uh, came out a little bit later and said well we don't know that it's an estimate uh, yeah, it doesn't mean there aren't. People are I, calling. The water's rising on their home. They may have ended up getting through and getting out. We're hoping that we can still rescue them or they escaped. Yeah, he said was, DeSantis because he doesn't want people well, to just run with that number. Well, the sheriff was basing his estimate on the number of emergency 911 calls that they got. Well, why would you do people. that? Oh, he may have just... Uh, you why, know. Would you, why would you go on Good Morning America and say we got hundreds of 911 calls, therefore we probably have hundreds of dead people? The rush... Of suddenly being on national television, I guess so. You know, it makes you, you want to have news, right? You want you want to have a dramatic presentation. 
Now he may not he may not be wrong, but he doesn't know. That's right. What what I I, I they're running drones over the Fort Myers area and the surrounding towns, and it is wall to wall water still this morning. Uh, it's receded very it's receding very slowly, and you could see in some neighborhoods the water is up almost to the rooftop, and you could see how people could drown inside. Uh, especially yeah. older now a lot people. of people did leave. A lot of people did evacuate, but there's always people that will stay. Well, I, I and s- they could be in the hundreds, and they may not have made it. We don't know that, right? And all you know, what's weird, and, and hurricanes is one of the hurricanes are one of the few situations where this happens. You know, we're used to continuous, immediate, second by second news. When hurricanes hit, there's a news blackout. You know, sometimes for a day, because. Um, all they had mostly yesterday was fixed TV cameras showing water gushing in, like in the Fort Myers Business District. The reporters can't get around. All the roads are closed. They can't interview anybody. They can't get any video beyond what the stationary cameras. And then you wake up the next morning, and you know there's six feet of water blocking all the streets. And even the emergency department shut down. Even the police and rescue people couldn't go anywhere. And so you don't really know what's going on inside those homes. You don't know what percentage of people got out. Even if even if 95% of the public got out, 5% left behind drowned. That's going to be a lot of bodies. And you, you, you just don't know. And, and now it is a day later, and we still don't know. And no, I, we found this out with Katrina and other hurricanes. I remember the next day everyone's like, all right, it passed through, and people felt like some relief. And then before we know it, people needed water. They were stranded. And then the death toll started to rise in the days that followed Katrina. Yeah. So Now, this is a story that builds. Like, if you if you have a plane crash, you know right away there's 300 people dead, right? You have one of those mass shootings, you know right away that, you know, oh, there's 50 people dead. But this is the, – the dead can't contact because all the cell phone towers are down. And the power yeah, this is This is a wait-three-day story, roughly. Yeah, right, until – until the water recedes more or they figure out a way to go. But you can't even go door to door because if you went out on a boat, your your boat is higher than the door. Like it's, yeah. it's impossible to get it into, in, inside these homes. Now, I saw a mother and a daughter getting interviewed. And the daughter said that, uh, you know, we went to bed and, uh, you know, they said the storm was going to uh, pass along to the north. And so we went to sleep, and then we woke up in the morning, and, you know, the, the, the house was completely flooded, and the furniture was floating down the street, that kind of situation. And I thought, well, that's, that's really interesting, because you really can't trust a weather forecast. You can't trust a hurricane forecast. Even if your local weather guy is saying, oh, you know, it looks like the hurricane's going to go to the north, he doesn't know that, because the hurricane does what it does. And that guy may have studied weather all his life, but there's no way to know what this particular hurricane is going to do. And so when you have one in the neighborhood, probably you should get out and not listen to Mr. Expert on television or whatever the government is saying. Because this is an infection in everybody's brain, this this desire for experts to give predictions, and then you live your life according to the expert's predictions. Like, don't do that. Like, use your common sense. If there's a hurricane like 40 miles offshore, well, yeah, it could turn a little bit to the right. And then you got uh, you know six feet of water in your house. So just just go, just go. Don't don't wait for Mister Expert. He doesn't know. He doesn't know any more than you do. The hurricane is at the moment a tropical storm. It cut through Florida, and now the Atlantic coast is where it's going, heading in a north sort of western direction as it curls back 
into the mainland. So it's going to start hitting places like Georgia and the Carolinas tomorrow. And they believe, and this is just their latest track, it'll start to break up by the time it reaches well, Virginia and West Virginia on Saturday. One of the, one of the weather guys said this morning uh, on CNN, he goes, well, to be honest, a lot of these modeling routes were wrong. Yes. Yeah. So. Well, just as we speak, Tropical Storm Ian is now a hurricane again. It's a Category One, so it's yeah. I was just going to say that because it's over the Atlantic. Oh, it's been promoted, huh? Yeah, it's It's, been promoted. It's going to pick up some more strength as it uh, hits the Atlantic waters on the other side of Florida. From uh, not as warm though as the Gulf Coast waters, which what really gave it the strength when it hit Florida. Yeah. Yesterday, even if it's if it's less windy, it's it's still going to pack. The rainfall, like the, the the wind, doesn't really affect the rainfall, yeah. Situation. So, and and you know that that's if if there are a lot of deaths, it's going to be because of the uh, the flooding. Oh, it's all the flooding, more right. so than the wind. Right. I mean, there's going to be a few people that maybe they got zapped by a power line, or crushed by some sort of debris that blew in the wind. But um, by far, <laughs> the flooding will bring the biggest devastation. It's going to cost a lot to rebuild because a lot of people's homes. I mean, you get flooded out. You know how stinking disastrous that is. You talk about mold and oh, and the mold just... will come. The mold will come in days because it's so hot and humid in Florida. That if you know if they get if they get back up to eighty five degrees and it's humid, there's just there's it's impossible to dry anything out in Florida. I mean, they're going to have to bulldoze some of the homes. Yeah, start over. And I read an astonishing number of people are uninsured for flooding. That, uh, in Florida or in the country? Uh, in in the country, uh, that that in you know there are designated government floodplains uh, where they think flooding is more likely, and about fifty two percent of the homeowners not insured in the floodplain, and then people out of the floodplain, it's more like ninety percent, and so uh, a lot of these people are going to have no no financial recourse here. I saw Biden is going to give $37,000 of government money to every homeowner, which doesn't get you very far. Didn't we find this out years ago when the Mississippi kept rising and all those people were flooded out and yeah. they kept uh, asking for government money because a lot of them didn't have flood insurance? And well, it's why do you live there? And it's You know, it, 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 it's not smart. It is expensive. I think it's $1,000 it's a year. To, to have the, the insurance, which for some people, that's a lot of money. And people say, oh, it's not going to happen. And much of the time, they're right. But it's a bet you make, and you can lose the bet. Now, today, all the uninsured people in the Fort Myers area lost the bet. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Well, they'll be looking for, uh, you know, the government to bail them out. Yeah. Isn't that and, what we do? Uh, well, yeah, there's, there's always a limit, and it takes years. I remember seeing uh, Superstorm Sandy up in the Northeast, uh, in Jersey, New York, happened in 2012. And many years later, there were still people with half-trashed homes going on television saying, I'm still waiting for my payment. Still waiting for the application to go through. It, you need it, to make a better plan than yeah, wait for the government. If you turned over your, your future to the government, you're screwed. Because they're right. incompetent. After 2.30, we'll get an update from ABC News and the latest in the track of, uh, well, now it's back to a hurricane. Ian, uh, Biden's been sued, not once but twice. Find out who and why. Coming up, John and Ken Show, KFI AM640, live everywhere in the iHeartRadio app. Tomorrow during the 5 o'clock hour, we're rolling back out with the voice line people. Huh? 
the world looks forward to this every week, don't the world? Yeah. No, Isn't this a world. huge hit nationwide, worldwide? Of course. Because it's right. live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Right? I think the voice line has its own app now, if I understand. <laughs> uh, you can leave a message using the iHeartRadio app. Uh, that's got a little microphone icon. You can call the toll-free number 1-877-MOIST-86. 1-877-664-7886. We'll pick up more news on what is once again Hurricane Ian after the news at 2.30 when ABC News for KFI comes on to give us the latest well, about a month ago, uh, Joe Biden announced a big student loan debt forgiveness program that would impact tens of millions of Americans. Uh, the administration would cancel up to 20 grand in education debt for quite a few borrowers. Uh, the response from this, obviously, from one faction was, wow, it's about time. Another was like, y y you can't do this single handedly. Biden can't. So now we have a lawsuit. We actually have two, but there were six Republican-led states. Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska, South Carolina, and Arkansas have filed a lawsuit. And some of this comes out of what happened not long after Biden announced the student loan forgiveness program. He went on 60 Minutes and he declared the COVID-19 pandemic over. And you might say, well, how does one thing have to do with the other? Well, that's because the Biden administration used a law that was passed after 9-11 that dealt with emergencies and gave them the power for acts such as this, declaring that the pandemic was a national emergency and Biden could reduce or erase student loan debt. This law was uh, meant to help members of the military, that the Justice Department says allows Biden to reduce oh, or, or yeah. allow him they to were, erase a student loan debt. They were, they were stretching and bending the law beyond recognition. But then Blunderbuss went on 60 Minutes and said, well, there is no emergency anymore. There is no pandemic, which means the rationale, the defense for doing this is out the window. Should be gone. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, when you have a guy in, uh, with a cognitive disorder, this is what happens. He either never understood the connection or forgot it. Oh, but he should have he should have shut up besides upsetting the left wing progressive news websites, including the El Segundo Times, like Mr. President, the pandemic's not over. How it's, dare you? They were like editorial after editorial. It's never over. Oh, no, it's never. over. It's never no. over. It will never stop. <laughs> <laughs> we want people controlled. <laughs> we want to declare that you, uh, you, know, you must walk around with your face covered at all times. Uh, another lawsuit. Another lawsuit was filed against the student loan program debt relief by uh, the Pacific Legal Foundation. They have a lawyer by the name of Frank Garrison, who also put his own personal story in there. He says erasing his current debt is going to trigger a tax liability from the state of Indiana. They're among at least a half a dozen states where, if you are given or a forgiven loan, you will be subject to state taxes. But the White House response to that was typical. He doesn't have to get the debt relief if he doesn't want to. If he doesn't want to pay the state taxes, then he doesn't have to apply for the debt relief. Well, when, when, when Biden issued this declaration, right, this didn't pass in Congress. And, and he, no. does, he doesn't have the power to do this. It, it has to be made clear. He has no power, and he knows he has no power because he, because he has said so. He did it and basically said, so go sue me. And for a few weeks, 
everyone said, all right, he should be sued, but who's going to do it? Who's going to have standing? And this is the thing that sometimes trip up trips up lawsuits. You could have something that's clearly illegal, like Biden's college loan forgiveness, but you need a victim. Well, where are you going to find a victim in this? And, and I, I've come to realize that sometimes you can do something illegal in the federal government and get away with it. If, for example, it doesn't produce a clear victim who has the standing to sue and the desire to sue. Right. So that's why this this Indiana uh, gentleman was interesting, because he could say, yes, I was I was unfairly penalized. I'm going to have to pay taxes now. And the comeback is, you know, well, don't apply. And I suppose his counter is going to be, well, this is this is not going to be an equal benefit then to everybody in the country. States that don't tax loan forgiveness, uh, those residents will benefit fully, and then I'm not going to. So it gets to be a little complicated, but at least he's got some standing to say he's harmed. And that's why it took a few weeks. Now, this 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 other one here, I, I think, might have more legs to it in that. The six uh, states? Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, say, well, saying that, hey, um, there, there, there's, there's no, no emergency. emergency. Yeah. Right. It was a 2003 law that was designed to help members of the military coming out of what happened on 9-11 in 2001. That's the thing that the the Biden goons found to cling on to as justification for him being able to do this. But, of course, he declared the uh, the pandemic over, the national emergency over. Yeah. So they immediately seized on that. Right. To try to get to a court to say, well, there you go. The president himself said we're not in a national emergency anymore. Yeah. They, so let's get the, the we cannot to forgive student debt. Yeah, that that might that might be a better way to attack this. Um, and, and I think this is why the Biden administration went through with an illegal act, because they sat around and said, well, who's going to sue? Who's the victim? Who's got standing? Because I've noticed in a lot of uh, lawsuits that issues that we've raged about and that are obviously, you know, a president overstepping his bounds. Try to find somebody who's got legal standing. Judges throw out cases constantly because, yeah, there, there, there might be merit to your concept here, but uh, you have no right to sue. You're not a victim. You didn't suffer anything. Yeah. So well. that's what I notice presidents and governors now for – last 10 years have been exploiting. Obama did a lot of this. Trump did this too. Newsom has been doing it with his emergency orders over COVID. It's just do it and let's see what happens. There appears to be a brand new update on this story. The Biden administration has scaled back eligibility for its student loan forgiveness plan the same day as these Republican-led states filed their lawsuit. Borrowers whose federal student loans are guaranteed by the government held by private lenders will now be excluded from receiving debt relief. That's about, it's almost a million people will be affected by the change, according to administration official. Yeah, how about that? So they said these loans, many of which were made under the former federal family education loan program and some other program, would be eligible for one-time forgiveness action as long as the borrower consolidated his or her debt into a federal district loan program. So I don't know whether or not this is maneuvering based on the lawsuit or something they were going to announce anyway, but it looks like they're going to eliminate almost a million borrowers from eligibility uh, with this announcement today. So. Well, you know, they, they got they got the cheap headline. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll get some extra votes out of it.
Yeah, whether, this whether was done because the polls are poor. This is a pitch to try to get people to vote Democrat in the congressional elections yeah. coming up. That's all this was. Yeah, there's no somebody's brainchild said, all right, throw this out there. This might get people psyched up for us. There's no legal reasoning behind it. It's just the flailing of a failing administration. Trying to yeah, grab- I saw a new estimate. I'm trying to find it here of how much this is going to cost. I mean, the many billions of dollars, but I think it even went up. Yeah, I but saw maybe this scale back will have it go down a bit. Yeah, I saw last thing I saw is uh, I think the Congressional Budget Office said four hundred billion dollars it's going to cost. Four hundred billion. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of debt out there, <laughs> well, especially student loans because college tuitions, you know, really went into the stratosphere in the last twenty years. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I don't. I, I think I think it is so awful how much these universities charge. And especially now when they shove all this, uh, all these woke class requirements down the down the students' throat, they're they're, yeah. they're 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 wasting their time learning nonsense, learning all the various uh, various uh, wokeology. Wokeology, yeah, it is, it is. They they walk out of there with a degree in wokeology, and so you, you get, you're getting a, a worse education than ever, filled with nonsense and propaganda. You're way in debt. And the job prospects pretty soon are really going to stink because there's going to be a bad recession probably next year with all these interest rate increases. And, and yeah, students are really getting, getting ripped off from three different angles. And, and the university's charging seventy dollars and $80,000. I mean, that, that's just unconscionable. All right, we got more coming up with the John and Ken Show on KFI AM 640 Live everywhere in the iHeartRadio app. This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash... Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags. All right, we got a lot to come. Uh, You probably are aware that gas prices took another huge jump. You know, they've gone up more than 50 cents a gallon this week alone. We'll talk about it after the news at 3 o'clock. Sheriff Alex Villanueva is coming on to the Johnny Kent Show a bit later on, too. And, of course, he's on your ballot. We'll talk more about that. Uh, At least... Nine people have now been reported dead in Florida due to Hurricane Ian, with, of course, that toll expected to rise. We're going to go to ABC News for KFI now and talk to Morgan Norwood about the latest on what is once again Hurricane Ian. Yeah, once again, Hurricane Ian, John, uh, or I'm sorry, Ken. Uh, you know, this storm really has surprised and taken a lot of Florida for it. Floridians by surprise and is now taking aim towards South Carolina, but it is like night and day here uh, in Tampa. I mean, we were just battered yesterday. It was kind of beautiful along the breeze even earlier this morning, but um, certainly not the picture elsewhere. Uh, Search and rescue teams are now combing through the barrier islands, the Coast Guard rescuing dozens of people, even as we speak further inland, uh, a flooding catastrophe. I mean, the governor calling this a 500-year flood event. And again, as you mentioned, the death toll now at nine. Uh, I mentioned in the previous segment that I saw an interview with a mother and daughter, and they said they went to bed uh, the night of the hurricane thinking that the hurricane was going to Tampa. And then they woke up and found out it made a turn for the coast early and uh, wiped out Fort Myers. W- w- was was that a common feeling for people? Is is that why the death toll may be so high? Is that people in Fort Myers largely didn't realize what was coming? 
Yeah, I mean, I think this this particular storm has been one that was hard for forecasters to really nail down in terms of the path. I mean, we had three different models all, way, all telling uh, us three different things. And at first, you know, Tampa was in the bullseye, but then that shift towards southwest Florida. But it's also why we have heard officials, especially in the days leading up to the landfall, you know, it doesn't matter where you are in Florida. Just think about how large this you know, storm is 440 miles, you need to prepare. I mean, look at it now, if you look at the radar, I mean, it pretty much covered the entire state of Florida. Uh, And so it had the ability, and we saw that here, you know, to bring life-threatening storm surge, to bring, you know, catastrophic flooding, even to the inland areas, we're seeing that as well. Um, And then also damaging winds, you know, more than 2 million people now without power. And so sadly, um, you know, the storm did take a a turn for the worse. And, you know, people are, are reeling in that aftermath here. And how, how are they how are they doing this uh, cleanup and rescue operation? It must take a lot of coordination to get to all the people that may need help. Uh, this must be really tough to do. Yeah, it's especially tough, especially when you have, you know, debris and power outages. Uh, you know, there are reports of bridges, you know, collapsed, roads closed. So, you know, first responders really have a task ahead of them to navigate all of these different conditions. And then there are certain parts of the state where they are still getting in on a little bit of rain as well. Um, flooding is, you know, a big part of this as well. They're doing water rescues. Um, and so just trying to coordinate all of that, that has been uh, such a task for first responders. But I can say that, you know, FEMA has been called in. There are state resources. There are federal resources. We know President Joe Biden on the phone with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis earlier today approving that disaster declaration, unlocking millions millions in federal funding for the long road to recovery ahead. Um, but it's not just going to be, you know, folks here in Florida. You know, South Carolina, as you mentioned, is bracing for this. North Carolina, Georgia, you know, the storm has the ability to continue its path of destruction as we um, enter the weekend. Yeah, we, we understand it's a Category 1 again, as you said. Uh, winds are now about 75 miles an hour. Are, are they evacuating in those states you just mentioned? Are there any kind of uh, moves like that? Well, we know that there is a state of emergency both in Georgia, South Carolina. I want to say that North Carolina has a state of emergency as well. You know, kind of like Florida, you know, the southeast is, is pretty used to storms, so people know when to take these things seriously. We are talking about a Category 1, but doesn't necessarily mean that you need to let your guard down. This storm has the potential to, you know, kick up some rough surf, you know, possibly even some storm surge. You know, winds are going to be an issue down power lines, things like that. Uh, flooding also an issue, especially if you've got saturated ground. I know that, um, you know, many of these states have dealt with some rain uh, days prior. And so the ground is already saturated. We could see some some heavy flooding as well. So it, it makes sense that we have these states of emergencies in, in various states and that, um, you know, everybody has, you know, their ears to the ground and, and making sure that they're taking the proper precautions. All right, Morgan, thank you very much. Thank you. All right, Morgan Norwood, ABC News for KFI, reporting on the latest with Hurricane Ian. And yes, it is a hurricane again after uh, making its way over to the Atlantic side of Florida, where it is uh, a north-northwest track uh, taken into Georgia, the Carolinas, up through Virginia. One death, and as we said, it's nine people. One death was recorded in a county where a 72-year-old man was trying to drain his pool and he was washed away by floodwaters. Okay. I guess he decided to get try to get out there quickly and solve his pool problem. And, right, uh, right. To, I guess keep it from overflowing and flooding his house. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I. But uh, I, I, I heard the ground was really soft. He was walking uh, like on an angle, 
Oh. And it, it gave way underneath him, and he fell, and the waters came, and I don't know. He's they out there drowned. Oh, yeah. I haven't found his body? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. They've rescued but, more than 500 people in a couple of the counties, Charlotte and Lee counties, as of early this morning. Now, I'm, so, I'm guessing that's from their homes. I think it mostly is, yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I saw a couple of stories. One woman was trying to get to work. She's a nurse. She got trapped in floodwaters, and an actual news reporter came by and lifted her up on his back and carried her away from her well, sinking car. <laughs> well, there was a reporter who was standing at an intersection in, in, in one of the towns near Fort Myers, and the whole intersection's flooded out, and there are some pickup trucks that are slowly going through, and they're jacked up so high they can make it. But there's one bozo in a, in a regular sedan, a black car, and he, oh. he, he went sideways, and he was engulfed with water. Oh. It's like, nice try, buddy. <laughs> you Now, another report I saw, the lights were on and in, in a particular area, and uh, the anchor said, well, how come the lights power is on here and it's off everywhere else? Oh, because the, uh, the power lines are underground here. I'm thinking, oh, look at that. Hmm. <laughs> what do you know? Underground power lines. They, uh, they can't go out in a storm and uh, they can't start a fire. Wow, what a concept. Yeah, power and water is going to be the issue now for people in Florida. There's a news report that several hospitals are running out of water. That always becomes an oh. issue. Remember, that was a big issue oh. in New Orleans after Katrina. There, there was one hospital, and the, the bottom two floors were getting flooded. So, And that's where they had a lot of uh, patients on ventilators yeah. in emergency situations. So they had to take everybody very quickly up to the top two floors. So they have... Uh, Four floors worth of patients stuffed into two floors because they were getting flooded out. Just to give you a little perspective, I was looking at the NOAA website, and um, it's got all the hurricanes pretty much through history. You know, in 2005, we had three Category 5 hurricanes hit. Three. Katrina and Rita were two of them. Of course, Katrina, everybody remembers when it hit New Orleans, and 1,200 people was the f- near death toll there. But uh, there was another one called Hurricane Dennis, which killed 42 people. So that uh, was a pretty bad hurricane season. If you had three Category 5s make land. They've oh. got CNN's running video of Fort Myers. The amount of debris uh, littered throughout the town is incredible. I, I, I don't know what all this is, but I, I there's, there's just a tremendous... It's just a lot of wood and maybe pieces of boats and and furniture and awnings. But it's actually, it looks like a homeless encampment in L.A., just much larger. But it's got that same look to it, like an wins. endless debris field, almost like what you'd see after a plane crashes. It's just scattered for blocks and blocks. All right, we got more coming up in the Johnny Kent Show. KFI AM640 live everywhere in the iHeartRadio app. We'll be talking to Kevin Slagle next hour with the Western States Petroleum Association. Any guess what that might be about? Yeah, gas prices, which shot up another remarkable 15 cents a gallon overnight. We're on our way to eclipsing the highs we saw earlier this year after Russia invaded Ukraine. That was near 650 on average, something like that. You, so- want, the, you want this for a comparison? So in LA City, the average is six dollars twenty six cents as of today. Six twenty six. In Mississippi, three oh six. It is more than double here 
in L.A. compared yeah, to Mississippi. There's never been a bigger gap, I don't think. Three dollars and twenty cents more. It, it, Mississippi's three oh six. We're another three twenty. Wow. I want a federal investigation. Federal. Federal. Hmm. Put Biden on it. So here's something we can ask about because you always bring this up. You know, California's geographically isolated market. Yeah. The price right now for regular gas in Hawaii is five twenty. Mm. So, yeah, it's high too. Yes, but it's not as high as here. No, we're over. We're six bucks and rising. Right. right. Okay. Right. So, how could they be three thousand miles out in the ocean and be selling gas for eighty cents less than California? They went up two cents overnight. And we have. But a week ago, they went down from and, a week ago. And we have a ton of oil underground here. And we do have a fair number of refineries. They seem to break down every five minutes. But I don't think Hawaii has any refineries. I don't think they have any oil underground. And they, they can get it shipped to them for uh, five twenty a gallon? Boy, is there something wrong. All right. Well, we have many questions to go through coming up after the news at 3 o'clock. More than one KFI listener asked us if Deborah Mark goes by another name. I do not. Okay. That's your legal that name? name would be Hannah Star Esser. Hannah Star is in some trouble because in Cyprus, she ran over and killed a man with her car because she thought that man was trying to run over a cat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not funny, but it is. Funny. More than one listener asked, does this sound like anybody you know? <laughs> wow. They think you're capable of murder. How angry would Deborah Mark get if she thought someone was trying to run over a cat? Oh, I would get pissed. That's for sure. <laughs> She's only Wait, 20. Is that the guy or the cat? <laughs> She's got quite the sneer in her booking photo. Did you see it, John? Just looking at the camera like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. What's she your looks, problem? She looks hair like up in a big bun on top of her head. Yeah, she looks like somebody who could kill. This man was a father of five children. Uh, they still haven't sorted out exactly no. what happened. Oh, but that's terrible. Oh my Sunday God. night, they had some kind of encounter. Eventually, the police came and found Victor Anthony Luis, forty-three years old, lying dead in the street. So he can't tell any stories. I don't know if there's surveillance video yet. But prosecutors say this woman suspected he had tried to run over a cat in the street. She allegedly recorded the confrontation. It was laced with profanity by at least one of them. Mm. After they argued, she got back in her car, continued to argue, drove off, then turned around, came back, accelerated, and ran him over with the right front of her car. He was launched onto the hood in the windshield. She flipped him several times. Just like you see in movies and TV shows, some of those sensational he, people. He actually had six kids, five daughters and a son. Oh, right. Yes, you're right. Five daughters, a oh son. Oh, my God. He, she killed the father of six kids? Wow. He was expecting now, his first grandchild this fall. Does he sound like the kind of guy who'd be trying to run over a cat? Uh, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, they, that, they, they have that, no idea. He doesn't really fit the profile there. 43-year-old man, big family. You think she imagined something concerning maybe, a cat? or maybe, just... maybe a cat ran in front of the car. It's... Right. I wonder why they were both, I guess they were They were both in cars. He didn't live far from here, from where this happened I mean, in I, Cyprus. I, I squashed a squirrel a couple of years ago. Because hmm. it ran out at the last I, second. I know, I know. 
Well, I killed a dog. I've told that story. Oh, that's right. No, yes. you killed a dog? Yeah, I did, but it with, ran out. There was nothing I could do. It was a stray. Uh, I, I stopped. I stayed. I you know, John, that was one. That was the day I got hired in Elmira, New York. Did you Is know that? that? Right? No, I didn't know that. I was on my way back down to Canton from the interview where I got hired. I wasn't driving very fast, but you know, I was driving down a residential street. Yeah. I, this this dog, I just came charging out when I squashed it. Right. It ran off and we found it and it was whimpering and then it died. Oh, God. That's terrible, but I, I, what, what I, I stayed. I talked to the cops. I said there was nothing I could do and... A few people were there, and they said that it, was, it was nobody's dog. They said it's a stray that's been in the neighborhood for some time, and he let me go. I mean, what are you going to do? No, I, it wasn't your fault. You want to run me down now? No, no, I do not, because you <laughs> stayed there. You cared enough, and it was completely an accident, and I get it. I've seen animals just run in front of cars, so I completely understand. Yeah. I just didn't need to hear that the dog was whimpering. That made don't, me really sad. But. Don't find yourself alone in the garage with her, though. What happens in the garage? Huh? She'll run you over. <laughs> she, oh, the garage here. The garage the, here, the, yes. In the, at the station. Yes. No, Ken oh, did yeah. the right thing. I've seen her. Uh, she really hits the gas getting in there and <laughs> oh out of there. Oh, my God. You know, we left at the same time the other day. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, she, she, she's a bullet. She, that's right. Okay, and who she, was driving in she, the carpool lane with nobody else in the car? <laughs> Not me. I, oh, he's proud of that. So I know. You're really going to get nowhere on that I, one. Uh, he saw, advocates that. I saw some daylight. You were stopped up in traffic. I was flying Oh, is that out. what happened? She got yes. out of there first, but you passed her up on the freeway with uh, the carpool lane? Yeah, the carpool lane, yeah. Yeah, and so you can't say that I, that I go faster than you because you beat me. Huh? Hmm. You Well, yeah, I did beat you. <laughs> <laughs> you broke the law, too. Yes, I broke the law. <laughs> it's a dumb law. This poor man was found by his brother in the street in front of his apartment. So I guess he was pretty close to home. That's a te- that's terrible. But she's got the crazy eyes, though. She faces she? a maximum of 25 years to life if convicted. Yeah. Good. She's uh, booked on a million dollars bail. Well, Todd Spitzer's on the case, so she'll uh, she'll get put away. But we do not know yet. And even if he was trying to run over a cat, I don't think you can murder someone do you, for that. Do you notice the difference? I mean, we cover L.A. and Orange County, right? That's the that's the first circle of coverage here. And Gascon and all the crimes in L.A. related to Gascon uh, is, is a huge percentage of our show. Todd Spitzer rarely comes up. Crazed crimes in Orange County rarely come up. I'm talking about crimes committed by people who were let out of prison early, who were given uh, a, a misdemeanor instead of a felony, who got out on, uh, who, who weren't charged to begin with. You right. don't hear about that. You don't hear about a guy in Orange County who did something heinous, and then you find out, well, Spitzer let him out three times already. There's no, no stories like that. No, it's not how he operates. No. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> that every time, every day we've got a stack of Gascon stuff we've got to wade through. Yeah, no. uh, Todd is like the good old days. When you do something wrong, you're going to pay for it. It's not going to be, oh, why did this happen? Society's been cruel to no, you. What no. can we do to alleviate your he sentence? Lo- he looks at the law and says, oh, that guy broke the law. Well, what's the penalty? Oh, you're getting that penalty. See ya. <laughs> All right, coming up next, we'll be talking to Kevin Slagle with the Western States Petroleum Association about what else? Southern California and California in general gas prices we're probably at the biggest gap we have ever been between our average and the state's other states average and a big increase overnight of uh, 15 cents a gallon coming up next john and ken show on kfi 
AM640 live everywhere in the iHeartRadio app. Deborah Mark live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for for complete terms. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.